welcome to the podcast for Ray Church of the Nazarene. I'm Ben Beckner, Senior Pastor, and I'm glad that you've tuned in to listen to our services and sermons. We would also love to have you join us in person at 410 Blake Street in Ray, Colorado for our Sunday morning worship services that begin at 1045. We also have Sunday school classes for all ages that begin at 945 and a Spanish service that begins at 9 a.m. There are also various other activities and Bible studies that you can be involved in throughout the week, including youth group and children's quizzing. Please visit our website at raynazarene.com and our Facebook page for more information. We have something for everyone to encounter God with people just like you desiring to grow in their relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, thank you and welcome to our podcast. Welcome once again to our podcast for Ray Church of the Nazarene. This week's message is part of our sermon series entitled, We Are Family. This week's message comes from the book of 1 John, chapter 2, verses 18 through 29, and is entitled, Do You Belong? This week, we discuss how the truth needs to permeate every part of our life and how God compels us to remain in Him. Thanks once again for listening. tired. It's kind of a funny way to start, but, but I am. Um, it's been, it's been a good couple weeks. Um, last week I had most of my family here. This week I have all my family. So it's good. I kind of shared last week. I didn't realize how much I missed them, but, but I do. And it's good to have them. So I'm looking forward to this season to be over here soon. Um, and so, yeah, this morning, I, I'm tired. Um, I took Megan to Kansas City to visit a college. We got to spend a, a lot of time together in the car, and it was a good conversation. It was a good time to be together. But that's, that was a long, fast trip. So I'm glad to be here this morning. And in praying this morning that, you know, this place is, is a place of refuge. I love how Chris talked about it. It's a, it's a place where we come to be renewed. And, and that's my heart and my prayer this morning as we gather together, as we spend time in God's word, as we hear and experience what he wants to say to us today, that that, that is what we would experience is just a time of renewal. So as we begin this morning, um, we're going to read from 1 John. We're going to continue our series. Uh, We are family. Um, This morning's message is, Do You Belong? And I want to read from 1 John chapter 2, beginning in verse 18. In your bulletins, it has a little bit longer passage. And getting ready for this, I decided to shorten it just a little bit. Um, So 1 John chapter 2, 18 through 27. Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all you know, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? 
It is a man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he has promised us, even eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for what you want to say to us today through it. I pray, Father, that it would be your words today and not mine, that you would help me, that you would strengthen me to, to be honest in what we need to, to hear from you today. So strengthen me today. I ask these things, Father, in your name. Amen. Where do you belong? Irma Bombeck told of a little boy named Donald who talked about education and the fears of going to school. My name is Donald, and I don't know anything. I have new underwear, a loose tooth, and didn't sleep last night because I'm worried. What if a bell rings and a man yells, where do you belong? And I don't know. What if the trays in the cafeteria are too tall for me to reach? What if my loose tooth comes out when we have our heads down and are supposed to be quiet? Am I supposed to bleed quietly? What if I splash water on my name tag and my name disappears and no one knows who I am? Anybody kind of relate to that? The, the thing about being in a body of believers and being in, in this place is that, and as I've entitled this series, We Are Family, church in this place is a place where we need to feel like we belong. Last week, I, I gave you some, some song lyrics from a, a, a sitcom TV show, um, and you guys all knew it. It's church and this body of believers is a place where we need to feel like we belong. And... John, here as he wrote this letter, was addressing some very real things that were separating and dividing this body and this group of believers. As we, as we continue to read through his letter, but as we've already started to discover, John writes in some pretty stark contrasts, right? He talks a lot about light and dark. He talks about walking in the light versus the dark. He talks about how God is light and everything else is dark. So he's got these very stark contrasts between right and wrong, good and evil. Here in this passage that we read, he talks about... Just want to make sure... Can you hear me? Not yet. Can you hear me? Okay, something really kind of funky up on, on the stage, maybe this monitor or something. So John is writing in some very uh, stark contrast, and I'm going to go ahead and move down here because I feel like I'm getting ready to feedback. Did you get that? Okay. So John is writing in some very stark contrast. Again, um, light and dark. And here in this passage, he talks about truth and liars. Um, 
he even goes so far as to call people antichrist. And that's a pretty, pretty heavy label that he gives to somebody. And I don't think he goes about it lightly. And in fact, I think he does it in a way that draws attention to this very real and very strong issue that, that we need to pay attention to. So followers of Jesus, you know, are not Antichrist. Antichrist are those that are against everything that Jesus says he was and is. So this section that we have read this morning is, is, is this warning that he is giving us, that we need to be aware of what's happening around us, of what's being taught and what we understand as truth. And, and he highlights and identifies a few different things here that, that help us in understanding this. Uh, the warning is against the Antichrist and those who are teaching contrary to what was first taught. This, this idea that, um, that, let me back up a little bit. I'm kind of a little discombobulated with some of this, so I'm trying to kind of come back to this. But this section of warning is, get, is addressed to a certain group here. Back in verse 12, uh, he says, I write to you, dear children, and I write to you, fathers, and I write to you, young men. This dear children that he is, has addressed in verse 12 is the same phrase that he's using here in verse 18. So he's addressing a young, a young body of believers that are, are experiencing their faith and are learning these things, and it's under the direction of some other people. These antichrists, these false teachers, have worked their way into this body and are teaching some things that are contrary to who Jesus is. And he's drawing, John is drawing attention to that, and he wants them to understand that. So this warning is against these antichrists, those who are teaching contrary to what was first taught, but it's a warning for the believer to not be deceived. This is a callback to the knowledge and understanding of what they first believed. John is an apostle. He was one that had firsthand knowledge and experience of who Jesus is, what he said, where he went, what he did. And so he shared these things, this, this fellowship grew out of that. And so he taught them these things. We have this body of believers that grew and matured in this knowledge and understanding. But somehow along the way, this, these false teachers worked their way in. And they were able to deceive. They were able to, um, to go contrary to who and what Jesus really was. So this is a call back to that knowledge and understanding of what they first believed. It's a back to the basics of who Jesus is and what he came to do. I love at the start of every football season, basketball season, baseball season, the first two weeks are running your guts out and going back to the basics, right? You may know how to dribble a ball, but it's important to understand those basics and why they are so important and guaranteeing some success and moving forward in some advanced plays and, and maneuvers. If we don't understand and can master those basics, then when we go out into something else and do something a little more complicated, we become a lot more lost or confused or distracted. And so John is trying to do that here in this passage. He's trying to get them to understand what it is and remember who Jesus was to them. 
This section is at the heart of what John is writing about throughout the rest of the letter. This section here, as you look at the, the book of 1 John as a whole, is this letter to this church that had become split. And so right here is kind of this point where he's trying to get them to understand what it, what it is and who it was that split and now have them divided. So he gives this warning. In verse 18 and 19, he says, Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. There's a sense of urgency in what John is trying to, to communicate. The sense of urgency in this passage is trying to communicate that, that we need to be very careful and be very careful right now. We need to be aware of what's surrounding us. We need to be aware of what's happening and these things that are being taught. And this urgency is, is of great importance because if we don't get it now, Jesus is coming and you might not get it then. This last hour, obviously, is a, is a reference to the second coming of Christ. And so John was writing this, and it's kind of curious because, you know, he's seen Jesus, his first coming, right? But he's already talking about the second coming. And he knows some things about what Jesus said that kind of clued him in into alerting this body of believers. Jesus talks about it a few times in the Gospels, and we're going to get to those here in a few minutes. But he, he tells them that, that there's coming a time when people are going to say things contrary to what I'm saying to you, contrary to who I say that I am. So you look at Jesus and what he said, and you can either say he was a crazy person or he is exactly who he says he was. And that's that point of belief that he was trying to get them to understand. This urgency from John is to be alert and to not fall victim and remain in the light. The last couple of weeks, we've talked about what it means to walk in the light, what it is to understand what the light is and what the darkness is. And John, again, went through these great details to help us understand these two kind of extremes, what the light is, what the darkness is, what's truth and what's a lie. So these contrasts help us to understand that as he's writing here, we need to be paying attention to these things that he's, that he's teaching. Now, in studying the fat books that the smart guys write, they, they talked a lot about a little bit of a, this debate of whether these Antichrists were still part of this body of believers, whether they were still participating and teaching these things, or if they have in fact left. And so this us that's talked about here in like verse 19, this us could mean the original uh, apostolic group, the, the body, the, the the original apostles that were teaching this body of believers. So if we look at that, they went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. In fact, if we look at that in that way, John is trying to make this distinction that they do not belong to him. They have no part in what he was originally trying to teach. These antichrists, you could also look at this passage, that they have de departed and they have left this body. And so this body of believers is kind of wrestling with what they've taught versus what the apostles originally taught. And so they're just kind of wrestling with that. It's interesting, too, that as we look at these, these antichrists, it says they've departed from us. They have no part. They've left. They're not here anymore. If we, if we take that interpretation of this passage, 
then we begin to understand some character of who these people were. These antichrists are, we can see, are not willing to take correction. They're not willing to, to say that they're wrong, that what they're teaching is wrong. They have a strong desire for control. Their, teach, their teaching is contrary to what was first taught by the apostles. We learn from this that their character shows that their motivation could be wrong. Their motivation for being a part of this fellowship is in question. They're purposely misleading others, and they have no desire to really belong. So if we look at, at that interpretation and understand that, that this, this group, these teachers, are really have this agenda to separate us from who and what Jesus really is. And we need to understand that. As we look at this passage in our context today, the community we live in, we can see that some of these things are true. But even within our own body, are we adopting some of these things? Do we, do we take on some of these teachings that can be a little bit dangerous? As we look in the first couple chapters and over the first couple weeks, John gave us some tests for us to understand if what we believe about who Jesus is is true or not. It's a, it's a litmus test for, for our relationship and to evaluate our relationship with Him. In the first part, we saw that this living in the light versus living in the darkness is, is the first step in helping us understand, do we believe and are we a follower of Jesus? As we, as we jump back into chapter 2, um, I believe in verse 6 is where I was looking for, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. And that's another test. Do we, have we submitted and allowed ourselves to follow God fully in the way that he directs us? So here we have this litmus test of being a follower and it's a disciple of Jesus, and then one of being fully obedient and willing to follow him wherever he goes. This section here is like a theological test, Right? Theology is our understanding of who God is and of what He says He is, and in the context of how we live our lives. That's theology. Theology is this belief about God. So if we look here, John is laying this theology out for us to, to kind of wrestle with. Are we believing that Jesus really is who He says He is, and that He's done what He says He's done? How do I wrestle with that? How do, I, how do I take what John has said here? And am I living my life in such a way that I'm saying that that's true? Am I walking in full obedience? Am I walking in full light? Am I allowing God to guide, direct, and lead my steps? Am I acknowledging with my actions that Jesus is Lord? The Antichrist were teaching that Jesus was not divine and not the Son of God. In verse 22, we see that. I told you a little bit earlier that Jesus was warning of these false claims. In Mark chapter 13, verses 21 
through 22. Jesus speaks, At that time, if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and miracles to deceive the elect, if that were possible. So be on your guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. And again in Matthew, it's a similar passage. Matthew 24, verses 4 and 5. And I meant to mark these in my Bible before, so I apologize. Matthew 24, verses 4 and 5. Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. And then jumping down to verse 24. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. This warning that Jesus gives us is is something that we need to, to be taken serious. We need to be alert to what we believe and what we are allowing sometimes to creep into our lives that change what we really believe about who Jesus is. And we can get the theology right, our belief about who God is, about who Jesus is. We can get that part right. That's our head. But if we're not getting the heart part right, then we're missing it. And the heart directs our motives. It directs our words. It directs our thoughts and our actions towards people and towards God himself. As we jump down to the last part of of this passage in 1 John, this is the part that I really wanted to spend kind of the most time on today. And I was really struck, and I couldn't hardly move past it, this word remain that's kind of hidden in in this passage. In fact, I've read past it a couple of times, and then I just, my eyes just really got stuck to it. Verse 24. See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you will also remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised, even eternal life. This word remain in the Greek, and I'm not a Greek scholar. I don't do all these word studies, but this this word really caught my attention. The word remain in the Greek is meno, not meno, like little fish, meno which means to live or lives. So let me put those words in as we read verse 24 again. See that you have heard from the beginning lives in you. Doesn't that change that a little bit? See that it lives in you. If it does, you will also live in or remain with the Son and the Father. Other translations even go as far to use the word abide. Now, abide would be um, like this connectedness almost. So this truth needs to be connected to us. It needs to uh, be more than just a part of us. It needs, it even almost comes across as to be at home with. 
So if we take that concept to live with, to be at home with, to, to be saturated, that's the word I wanted, to be saturated. So this gives the impression that the truth just permeates every part of our life. That truth needs to direct, again, our heart's motives, our heart's desire back to what Jesus is and who he is. So this head knowledge needs to transfer to this heart knowledge. So our heart, which involves our actions, our motivations, our mind, which involves our words and our perceptions, and our soul, which is our response towards God. It is every part of our heart, our mind, and our soul. This truth needs to have complete impact in our life. So this submission to the Spirit allows the Holy Spirit to do its job. The Holy Spirit, as it says here, guides in truth. It reveals truth about who God is, about what He's done, and about what He desires to do in our lives. It is then our response to submit to what the Holy Spirit is guiding and directing, how we need to change, how we need to mold and shape our lives to be more like Jesus. I struggled a lot with this passage this week because this isn't fun to get up and start talking about the Antichrist and all these end times. Those are not fun things to preach about. But as I was thinking back to this, this series about we are family and this topic today of do we belong, Siri has got a mind of her own there, sorry about that, we, we need to allow God to, to search us. We need to allow God to challenge us, to speak to us. The truth needs to live in us needs to permeate and saturate every part. And so, again, as I was thinking about this this week, I want you to be encouraged, and I want you to be challenged, and I want you to, to be encouraged to grow as a, as a church and as a body, that we see each and every part as, as a member of the family, as a member of this community, a body of believers. And so I asked you today, this title of this message, Do You Belong? That's the decision that's before you today. Do you belong? Are we walking in the light? Are we allowing Jesus to permeate each and every part? Does the Holy Spirit have its role in your life to be able to mold and shape you to the likeness of who Jesus is? Are you walking? Are you following? Are you living with the truth? I want to pray here as we close today and invite the worship team to go ahead and make their way up. And again, it's an invitation to respond to Jesus. It's an invitation to allow the Spirit, to allow the truth to permeate our heart. Father, we thank you that your word is alive and active, that it penetrates 
It convicts, but it also draws us to you. And so, Lord, today I pray that you would help us as we, as we wrestle with this. The invitation is from you to join you, to be a part of you. And as we learn today to remain in you, to be saturated, our lives to be saturated with your truth. So God, today, we want to do that. We stand before you and invite the work of your Holy Spirit to speak to each one, to speak to me. Is my life saturated with your truth, the truth of who you are? Am I denying you with my words? Am I denying you in my actions? Am I not testifying of who you are when you look at my life and when others look at my life? Father, my prayer today is that you would be able to look at my life and others, that it would be a living testimony of you, that you are a God that loves, that forgives, and that sets people free. So help my life to line up with what I say I believe, that my actions line up with my heart and my mind. Help me today. Thank you, God, that in you is grace and mercy and love. Thank you that we can belong. We pray these things, Father, in your name. Amen.